Muppets. Muppets, yeah. Two peas, one pig? No, no, no. Two peas, one tea. SBN. Welcome to Two Peas, One Tea, a Muppets podcast from LaughingPlace.com. My name is Bill Galsel. I'm a contributor with Laughing Place. And if you are on episode three with us here at Two Peas, One Tea, then you know me and it's not really much more to say about myself. Uh, today, we are recording episode three on, on uh, June 3rd. Wow. Uh, June 3rd, 2021. Uh, As of right now, some of the big news that is happening uh, out in Disneyland in California, Avengers Campus is about to open. And my usual co-host for our podcast, Mike Celestino, is uh, taking this episode off. And I brought in a very special co-host, my brother, Brian. How you doing, Brian? Good, Bill. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. I thought... uh, in this time of, of jumping into the Muppets and, and starting up this podcast, uh, I always had uh, fond memories of us as kids talking about the Muppets and also competing over stuff that we would buy at uh, Hollywood Studios. And I thought maybe it'd be great to have a chance to kind of have a, a brother discussion over the Muppet Vision 3D. Sure. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, just some Muppet news. Uh, on May 16th, it was the, wow, I can't believe this, but uh, May 16th of this year was the anniversary of Jim Henson's death. Uh, May 16th, 1990, Jim Henson passed away. And on May 16th, 1991 is the 30th anniversary of the opening of Muppet Vision 3D, which kind of times perfectly with our podcast right now. Um, it's incredible that on the, on the same day, and I hadn't realized this, I don't know if you knew this, Brian, but uh, on the same day, one year apart, uh, Henson dies and the first Muppets attraction opens at Disney World. I I didn't know that, but I I remember that it wasn't, I couldn't have told you the exact dates, but I knew that it wasn't very far apart, but no, I didn't realize it was only a year and a day. Do you, uh, do you remember when Jim Henson died? I do. Yes. I remember hearing it. um, I mean, that's going back a long time, pre-internet and (laughs) pre-cable news and everything else, but I remember, uh, you know, I mean, as a kid, I used to, I was always, I always loved watching the news. So I remember that was the big news story that night. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Like I can't, I remember, I remember hearing about his death and being surprised because he looked so young and it was so sudden. Uh, but I, I don't really have a, a visual memory in my mind of where I was or what I was doing. I, I mean, I can remember when Michael Landon died. Uh, uh, we were out at the cottage at the time. And I remember uh, that vividly being announced. We, it was when we had the, the aerial there actually working. We got some news on the TV, but uh, I don't really have a, a vivid memory as to where I was, uh, which is interesting to say the least. Because you would have yeah, thought. It's, it's one of, well, it's one of those things. I mean, you, of course, a few years, even a few years younger than me. Um, it was it was a different world right so i mean you i mean and if you missed it on the news story at that one particular point it was a while before you found out anything again yeah yeah that's true yeah it was it was quite a shock too i recently um i've read it actually a couple times there was a biography on on jim henson uh Uh written by the author uh biographer uh brian j jones and he just he covers henson's life right from uh when he was born right up to the day he dies and uh, I, I swear to God, that last chapter, it's, I remember there being so many stories about Henson's death that, oh, well, he was a Christian scientist, didn't believe in doctors, and he just went to the doctor. Yeah. Uh, and, and totally not, not true. Uh, Jones traces the evolution of, of how sick uh, Henson was. And or, ordinarily, when he needed to get to the doctor, according to based on what they, they figured out and determined. Uh, he wasn't that sick. He, it would passed off as what we would have thought of as, oh, it just got a cold. It, it will go away. And by the time he finally went to the hospital, the, the infection in him uh, was just, it was too much. It, it, it took him that night. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was one of those things I remember too. That, I mean, you'd hear all these stories that he knew he was sick, but he wouldn't go to the doctor. But I mean, again, 
it, it was in a in a different time where I mean you couldn't get news quite as readily available as what you can today. So it's yeah. I guess really with you know any famous person, there's always you know there's always uh, two sides to every story. And then the truth lies in the middle somewhere. Well, you know, I almost wonder too if it was be, if that that urban legend grew simply because he was such a young guy. Um, How uh, old was he when he died? Oh, I believe. I don't have the exact age, but I think he was in his mid fifties. Okay, and, that's that's what I thought. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you're getting to 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, this guy could have had 20, 30 more years of uh, of work and entertainment. And and you know, it's interesting too in the the biography of of Henson. You hear about what his plans were and what because they were negotiating the selling of of the Muppets to Disney at the time. Yes, I and, heard that. Yeah, and Henson had so many ideas and dreams and thoughts of, of Imagineering. And, and one of the things that he truly loved was being at the Imagineers uh, uh, offices and, and working with them and coming up with new ideas as to what to put into the parks and all that. So, well, he would have been a kid in a candy store when he was dealing with the Imagineers. I mean, when you think about his imagination and the creativity that Jim Henson had on his own and you take that and, you know, imagine, just being a fly on the wall with some of those conversations, if you could ever sit in on, on some of those Imagineer conversations with Henson there. I mean, it's oh, yeah. I mean, the, the possibilities were endless, really, as far as what could have happened with, with the Muppets. I mean, I know the Muppets have gone on and, and, and have had relatively good success since then. But just, just imagine what would have happened if Henson had been around another 15 or 20 years, the creativity that, that would have been there. Well, imagine what Muppets Courtyard, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get to that down the road here with uh, Muppet Vision. But just uh, the idea as to what he could have done, or what he could have influenced, or or led would, well, it's just uh, it, it's it's all it's that wonder of what could have been. And I think that's that's probably one of the reasons why his death sparked so many conspiracy theories because he was young and he was in the prime of his life, and he was he was popular and the Muppets had been around and they were going to be sold to Disney and they were going to find a home forever and ever. And, and then to all of it, and it wasn't like he was sick for two years and, and people oh, were like you could see Yeah. Like it was just all of a sudden, Oh, Jim Henson died. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah. May 16th uh, shares an on, um, ominous date here with Henson dying in the opening of his, uh, his last work that he worked on, uh, Muppet Vision 3D, but May 18th of this year, I'm not sure if you know, but uh, actor Charles Grodin died. Um, in particular, Charles Grodin had a couple of really uh, important parts in uh, Muppet history with Muppets, uh, the great Muppet caper. Uh, and everyone, when he died, everyone praised his work in that. Uh, personally, I love Charles Grodin because he was the security guard uh, Denton Fitzwaller in the Muppets at Walt Disney World, the the TV movie of of 1990, when it uh, it was introducing the Muppets as they were going to be sold to uh, to the Disney company, and, yeah. and I don't know, have you ever seen that? I, you know what? You, now that hearing you say that, I forgot about it. But as you're explaining it, I do remember. Like, I mean, it was well, it's been well, probably 30 years since I've seen it. I remember seeing it live, but. It's something that uh, I'll have to pull up YouTube on and, and be able to take a look at it again. But yeah, I, I do remember that coming out. I'll loan you my copy. Uh, yeah. It uh, And our first episode of, of the podcast, we talked about where we really connected with the Muppets. And uh, the Muppets in Walt Disney World or at Walt Disney World was the one that I, I truly remember being, oh, yes, I really love the Muppets as they are. I mean, I, I particularly enjoyed Muppet Babies as as a really young kid, but uh, Groden plays that security guard. So Kermit, just to give you a brief summary, Kermit uh, invites all his friends down to the the pond in Florida, and they're going for a bug or a, a bug skimming contest. And somebody at the pond uh, or at the swamp says, "Oh yeah, we're going to watch the fireworks from Walt Disney World over there." And so Piggy and everybody else, Walt Disney World's over there, so they just they leave and. Kermit goes with them. They get to MGM Studios before it got renamed, and uh, they don't it's have any. MGM. Yeah, it's still MGM. <laughs> uh, and they get to the the front gate, and they're met by the security guard Denton Fitzwaller, who is Charles Grodin, and he spends the whole uh, he spends the whole uh, movie chasing after the Muppets as they've scattered all over Walt Disney World. In fact, the name of the podcast Two Ps One T uh, comes from. Uh, the Muppets at Walt Disney World when uh, 
Charles Grodin's character is working with Rizzo and he's like the Kismet gang and Rizzo's like, no, they're the Muppets. And Grodin says, two T's, one P? Uh, no, two P's, one T and an S. And so that's that that particular line always stuck with me because it, it's how I've remembered to spell the Muppets forever since uh, since watching that show. So, uh, yeah, Charles Grodin passed away on uh, May 18th this year, which uh, it's kind of interesting that you see May seems to have some real significant history uh, with uh, with the Muppets and some significant milestones. Uh, but moving on from the news, Brian, I think uh, for anyone who is listening, probably just to get to know you a little bit more, uh, I've prepared five questions and they are not tricky in any way, shape or form. And you might, you might almost think that I prepared them just before I came on to the broadcast. But uh, question number one, what's your first memory of the Muppets? Honestly, watching it on TV, watching the Muppet shows. I mean, at that point in time, and I believe, and again, and I know in, in the family here you have a much better memory than certainly I do but I believe they used to be on CBC here in Canada and I remember watching them um, basically in syndication on on TV and just I don't know what it was about it I just was enthralled by it and I just I I loved watching them on a regular basis oh yeah it's uh you know and I don't even really have for me I don't even really have a memory of watching the Muppet show Mm -hmm. I know it I know it was there but it, like for me, I remember Muppet Babies and I remember watching that in the morning and just absolutely loving uh, all the adventures that they would get up to. And I, I knew who the characters were because of Muppet Babies, uh, right. but that, that's more of something that really, really sticks with me instead of the actual Muppet show. Um, well, okay, that's, that's interesting. Probably was on CBC. Uh, uh, it, it, it makes most sense. Uh, especially in those days, we didn't have 800 channels to. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of selection to choose. <laughs> and CBC used to always be good to kind of play those syndicate uh, those shows that were in syndication, like Fraggle Rock, The Muppets, different things like that. So, yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure if I was a betting person, that I would say that it was on CBC. Uh, I would probably guess that you were absolutely right on that. Um, so that brings me, I guess, to uh, question number two: Do you have a favorite Muppet? Yes, Fozzie Bear. Still, eh? He's still. Yes. I, I kind of, I figured it would have been uh, based on uh, being your younger brother. <laughs> uh, but it's still Fozzie Bear. Eh? Well, that's, that's awesome. It's still Fozzie. It's one of those things that, you know, I don't know why. I mean, I loved his, his corny jokes. <laughs> um, just the, the, the look with his eyes and the smile. Um, I don't know what it was. It was just, I mean, you know, him and Kermit, were kind of uh, a one and one a, but definitely, definitely Fozzie was was is still today my favorite Muppet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely up there with me. I find uh, depending on what I'm watching or what I've watched of the Muppet stuff, uh, I found my favoritism kind of switches. I uh, I recently watched. In fact, I'll get into the next question, then I'll I'll explain my uh, my my newest favorite Muppet, but. Have you watched any of the recent Muppet stuff, like any of the recent movies or the, the TV show or anything? Like um, that? I, w- I was a huge fan of the TV show that was on. I want to say, I think it was back in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there that was on ABC for, Oh, uh, it was only for one season though, which yeah. I was, it felt like it was, I was very disheartened when I found out that it wasn't picked up again. Um, where they were at the production studio or the TV studio and Kermit was basically in charge of them. And of course, you know, in a typical episode was always, was always trying to solve the problems of the day, but just some of the, some of the stuff they had, like, I remember, I don't know why this sticks out, but I remember Kermit, it, it was, it was in almost done like in an office type yes. setting yes. where, you know, Kermit talked to the, the camera a lot and so did Fozzie you know, and all the other Muppets as, as stuff was going on. And I remember one scene where Kermit was, he was driving a, a, a small little Chevy car, if you can imagine. I mean, and he was, they just had him pretending like he was this regular person and he was sitting there driving the Chevy car in LA traffic, talking to the camera. And I just, I don't know. I, I just thought, I thought the idea behind it, the writers behind it, I thought it was great, but clearly I was in the minority. I was one of the only few that was watching it because it never got, it never got picked up for a second season. 
Well, I, uh, uh, Laura and I, we just, we watched uh, the season. It's on Disney Plus. And okay. I had always wanted to watch it when it was on, when it aired. And, you know, one thing or another left, led me to miss yeah. out on it. And so I finally caught up. It's, it's brilliant. I think it's probably some of the best stuff. That Muppet show where I think it's all lowercase, the Muppets. And there are, Piggy's got her talk show and Kermit's yeah, producer. Yeah it's outrageously funny and it's so it's so witty and it just it made me laugh and I laugh for for so many reasons because you know there were characters in there that got moments to shine that really made me like them uh Pepe Prawn I always I always thought he was okay but on that show he he was good on the show oh, yeah he, he, he really was and it's like you said too the writing of it was was great and I mean and I know it was geared towards an adult audience like it, it mm-hmm. wasn't it, it wasn't geared towards kids but that's what I loved about it and that's why I thought oh this is going to be extremely successful I mean you know with all the lead up to it and everything else and then when I started watching it, I'm like oh I love this this is yeah. great but that's why hopefully with um, I mean you take a look at the TV uh, setups the way things are now even compared to 2015 2016 thank God for things like Disney plus that it can breathe new life into you know, into TV shows like the Muppets that only got a one season run that now people are able to go back at their leisure and be able to watch it and, and hopefully get reacclimated with some of the stuff on. it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, every, depending on who you talk to, people are like, Oh, the streaming services, blah, blah, blah. No, it's negative. Like I, I love the streaming services because I think we're getting, we're getting content that a would have disappeared uh for example like the muppets actually can be coming back out and i can see that i can see that show in its entirety uh but we're also getting new content that's being created specifically for the streaming services that without them it never would have happened well Uh, and and, and the other thing too is and i mean and i as you know i i freely admit i'm late to the streaming service bandwagon uh i was kind of one of those no no you know watch it on tv or do this or do that I, I don't know how today, I don't know how a household can survive without a streaming service because, I mean, who who has time from seven to nine at night on a regular basis to be able to sit down and watch TV? I mean, sometimes you don't get a chance till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, or you don't get a chance till the weekend. So, I mean, in, in today's day and age, and especially with everything that's gone on in the world in the last, you know, 14, 15 months, I certainly think streaming services, it's, you know, they're not a fad. It's they're, oh, no. they're, they're, they're here to stay. And I mean, and Disney plus is a prime example of that. And all you need to do is look at their, their bottom line and stock prices all the time to know, yeah, it's not going anywhere. Well, and, and the fact too, that they had a five-year plan to reach over a hundred million subscribers worldwide. They did it in 15 months. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and there's a demand for it too. And you're absolutely right too on the whole idea that, oh, well, I'll just watch it at 8 o'clock. No one has time for that. I mean, no. It, I mean, between day-to-day life, trying to get your kids to either hockey or soccer or baseball, or, you know, if you've got a work plate or if you have other family functions, I mean, today's day and age, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's a completely different world than when you and I were growing up where basically you kind of came home after school, you didn't really have anything else to do and you had supper and you sat down and then you watched TV and did some homework and went to bed. Yeah. And maybe if you were lucky, you'd have a VCR and you could watch your favorite movie that you might've bought. But uh, uh, to this right now, you have exclusive content that's just being made for the streaming services. You'll never see anywhere else. Uh, Exactly. And I mean, if you want to watch it, you've got to have it. Well, yeah, exactly, because they're not going to put it out on DVD, <laughs> you no. know? And, and uh, I mean, even with movies and things like that, I mean, I, I think you're going to get back to going to theaters again here at some point, hopefully here in, in Canada sometime soon. But even that, I mean, like the whole streaming service around has, has changed drastically in the way that uh, production companies and, and these, you know, the, the way that they look at in releasing stuff. Well, it's uh, it's like uh, the upcoming uh, October movie on disney plus the the uh, the muppets haunted mansion exclusively for disney plus you wouldn't see that anywhere else and and for anybody who's a disney parks fan or a muppets fan and to see that mesh together i mean you're not going to the movie theater you're not going to get it on abc it's it's on the streaming service only and if you want it you got to pay for it 
Um, well, the, the other great thing about that is too, if you want to watch it 10 times, yeah. you can watch it 10 times where if you go to a theater and I mean, there's been very few movies over my lifetime where I go, wow, that was a great movie. I'm, and actually pay to go to a theater again to see it a second or a third time. But I mean, with, with something like Disney's Haunted Mansion, you want to watch it 10, 15 times? You want to show it to kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, whatever you want to do. It's there anytime that you want. And you've got it forever. Exactly. forever. Uh, as, long as, you, as long as you have your subscription, you've got it forever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's a fantastic answer. Uh, your next question. Do you have any Muppet merchandise? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a couple things. The best, I mean, I still have, I still have some t-shirts, but in all honesty, the best Muppet thing I have ever bought, I think I might be wrong on the year, but I think it was in 1996 at the store outside of Muppet Vision 3D. I bought a Fozzie Bear coffee mug. Oh, nice. And it's, um, it, it says on it, you know, it's basically a, a wanted picture of them and it's wanted by the CIA, the comedy intelligence agency. <laughs> and, you know, he's wanted for, you know, carrying a loaded whoopee cushion. <laughs> jokes. And I, like I said, I think it was in 96, maybe 97 when I bought it. And it has got me through college. It's got me through, uh, well, I mean, a subsequent 20 plus years and I still have it in my office at work and I use it every day when I go down to make a coffee. It's oh, probably awesome. one of the, the best mugs I've ever had. You, they just, you know, I, it sounds like the old cliche with an old car. They don't make them like they used to. Well, they certainly <laughs> don't make coffee mugs like this anymore. And I, I keep it high on a shelf. Not that I have a lot of people in my office, but I keep it high on a shelf when I'm done with it to make sure that nobody can accidentally bump into it. It's right beside all my sports bobbleheads. And it's just something that every time I look at it and I read it and I read it every day when I have it, it just, it still puts a smile on my face. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Isn't it great when you find, I, I can empathize with you about keeping it high on a shelf. I had a mug, uh, a tin mug, which was great and big giant tin water mug and the plastic uh, top where you can close and open it. Mm -hmm. And I had it at school and this one student, good kid, but he was fooling around and you, I had this, put off to a table off to the side. I was fooling around, banged right into my table, knocked the mug over. Mug was fine because it's tin, not going to break. But the plastic top on it broke into four pieces. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's pointless now. I can't have this because the top no longer works. The kid but, learned a very valuable lesson. He failed the year as a result of that, didn't he? <laughs> well, he, he, he came up to me. He apologized. He apologized to me the next day and he apologized to me for about a week afterwards because he knew that was one of my favorite, yeah. uh, favorite mugs. But uh, uh, for me, my my Muppet merchandise, I think the, the one that I cherished the most uh, was a pin that I got. And it says Muppet Vision 3D on it. And it was something I got for trading and I just started collecting pins and it I traded it with a cast member. And I thought, who would ever have a Muppet Vision 3D pin to, to trade away? And I've I've kept it ever since. I think I've had it for almost 20 years now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, all right. So last question before we go on to the main point of the show. Uh, do you think Muppets can work in any Disney park outside of Muppet Vision 3D? You mean like, could they be transposed oh. over to Magic Kingdom? Yeah, well, we've seen that happen. But do you think, do you think Muppets are characters that could be in multiple parks or do you think they should just stay at uh at muppet vision 3d and that's their their little corner um it's a tough question i don't know i i mean just out of sheer habit i'm used to seeing them in mgm i mean and i did watch the show at magic kingdom when i was there yeah i i would think though i think they kind of fit more with the Hollywood studios genre or, or what the park is supposed to represent yeah, more than they do. You know, I mean, they certainly, I mean, I suppose you could always try and fit Kermit into animal kingdom somewhere or do something different like that. But yeah. I think just out of, just out of sheer habit and out of, I, I would say they're probably best suited for 
MGM Studios would 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 be my my thoughts. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with you on that. I mean, I, I certainly enjoyed the great moments in history with the Muppets at Magic Kingdom, and I thought it worked well in at Liberty Square. But uh, there's just something about Muppets at that corner in uh, Hollywood MGM Studios there, and that's that's where you go to find the Muppets, and it's almost like that exclusive little perk of of going to the to that particular park because that's where the Muppets are, and if you want to see them. Uh, or if you want to go to the show or buy any Muppet merchandise, really, that's that's the spot you have to be. But yeah, yeah, that fun. doesn't mean that I'm happy with the current situation with the no. Muppets. But it, I, I, I certainly think, I, I just, I certainly think MGM is is the the regular place for them. I mean, like you said, I I enjoyed the show at Magic Kingdom too. Liked it, thought it fit in very well. But I mean, it's not something. It, it wasn't a separate attraction on its own that you went to it was kind of one of i mean i've made a point of specifically going to it because i i like the muppets but it's more one of those shows that as you were wandering by you you know to kind of appease the kids or if they were you know tired or whatever just to try and distract them that you would stand there for 10 or 15 minutes and show them and have them watch the show and then go on your way to either space mountain tomorrowland or adventureland or wherever else you were going in magic kingdom yeah well, I think uh, I think that brings us right into to our, our main point of, of the, the show right now. And I think we'll look at Muppet Vision 3D because I think it's a good transition from uh, seeing where Muppets are at other parks and just going back to that original base. So as I said, Muppet Vision 3D opened on May 16, 1991 at uh, Disney's MGM Studios, now Hollywood Studios or still MGM if you're Brian and me because i do mostly refer to it as mgm studios <laughs> uh the same show uh, muppet vision 3d actually opened at disney california adventure on february 8th 2001 uh but it closed on november 1st 2014 and was replaced by a frozen show uh but going to uh the muppet vision 3d at uh at walt disney world it was part of uh, Streets of America, which is now Grand Avenue. It had, for a short time, it was renamed the Muppet Courtyard. Uh, it had, it had I don't know if it will when it comes back, but it had a fast pass. Uh, ultimately, Brian, I guess it, my biggest question to you about Muppet Vision 3D is, what do you think of it? Ultimately, do you like it? What do you like about it? Well, is yeah. it something that stand the test of time? Ultimately, yes, I do like it. I think it has stood the test of time. And I think, you know, when I, next time I go, I mean, I could take any one of my grandkids into it and they would still find it funny and find it amusing, I think. But it's 30 years old and I have a hard time just off the top of my head. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of another attraction that hasn't had some updates or been reworked in the, in, in the last 30 years at Disney World. And I mean, and it's just when you sit there and when you see at the end, when you see the kid uh, with the high socks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention you, that. You know, I mean, and, and, and with the, the salad bowl haircut, which was very popular in the late 80s, or early 90s, <laughs> you can almost get away with it until those final few scenes where you look at it and go, oh, okay, this was shot a few years ago for sure. Yeah. And I just think, I think the Muppets are underutilized. I think that, you know, I mean, I've read all about the, and, and heard about what was hopefully going to be in Muppets courtyard with the pizza place and, and different things like that. I just think it's something that as Disney has, redeveloped and worked on different things and you know i mean there's things like avatar and i mean star wars land especially in hollywood studios i just think the muppets have been forgotten about and i think that that is yeah it's really kind of a shame because i think they're missing out on on other generations coming up i mean i know i mean and i like you said i I could show the muppets to my grandkids and, and the two boys know who they are but they don't know them the way that you and I knew them when we were mm-hmm. growing up. And in, in, admittedly, there's far more choices today than what there was when we were growing up as far as with your, with your regular cartoons. But I just think that they're really underutilized. And I'm hoping 
I'm really hoping, and I mean, and I think it's hilarious that they have a fast pass at it. Uh, you know, it's well, and that's and that you know, I, I look at that and I look at that for uh, Mickey's Philharmagic, but in particular the Muppets, a fast pass. Yeah. Where in a theater that takes 500 people, uh, why would you? Uh, you know, and that's and that was the case though with Fast Pass Plus. Everything got a Fast Pass. Things that you didn't need a Fast Pass for, oh, you can get one. Uh, you don't need to spend a Fast Pass on that because you can wait to the very last second and still get a seat uh, with the big crowd that's in there. Well, exactly. But I think the fast. I mean, as I'm sure you probably think a little bit too along that lines. I mean, I think Muppet Vision ended up with the Fast Pass so that anybody who's tried to book Fast Passes before, when you're trying to get different ones and then all of a sudden whoop up it pops up it yeah. pops and, and you can only really select it or a couple other things that you look at and go well you don't really feel like going to that so i guess we'll go to muppet vision 3d when you're trying to book your three fast passes yeah well and that's you know going back to what you said like that very last shot where you see that kid come in with the, the high top socks and yeah and that haircut and you think oh yeah this this is old uh, at the same point though like since we started when we it opened in may of 91 we wouldn't have seen it until the following year in 1992 uh you know that's that's 30 years of of an attraction that's still i mean it's still packing people in it's it's not like it has one or two people in there it, it's oh, no, still it, a it's fairly like large it, amount of people yeah it's not like the seats are sitting there collecting dust for the most yeah uh, it's it's and again the other plus to it is it's a theater so if you're lucky enough to be down there in the wintertime and you get one of those hot days and you think, whew, I need a break, yeah. you can take everybody in there, sit down in the nice air condition on the nice, comfy, you know, old style theater seats. And it's, it's a great place to kind of relax and, and, and recharge the batteries to continue facing the day. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially, I mean, you hit, uh, if you hit the July weather, I know Laura and I hit it once uh, back in uh, 2010, uh, the, the heat is unbearable well the humidity in, yeah in mid-july it's just yeah. it's it's awful and you look desperately for those air-conditioned moments where uh you can just be inside but I, I i think personally as i look back on muppet vision it's always been the attraction that we've we've gone to i've loved going to it, it it's still funny well, uh, the queue, i think the queue is still good too and yeah I mean, that's the great thing about any disney ride and i mean and i think that that's one of the things fast pass has taken away from because you can bypass all that stuff, but the queue just with the doors and, and, you know, leaving, don't look under this mat and, and different things like that. The queue is still hilarious. And I mean, I've seen it, I don't know, 25 times, Yeah. but it's still one of those things that is great that as you're standing along there, you can still read and it still puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's the thing too, with, with, um, you know, as age comes to some of these attractions and, and you think, wow, I'm, I'm still enjoying this, even though I know exactly what's going to happen. I know Sweetums is going to pop out and walk around. I, I know I'm going to see uh, the penguins still get mad and start firing at the, the screen there. Like it. Um, you can it, still see Stadler and Waldorf up in the. Up in oh, the yeah. And, and Bean Bunny popping his head up, uh, you know, like, you know what to expect, but yet you still get a smile. And I think that's that's one of the things that really always stuck with me for um, uh, the Muppets in whole is that even though I've seen the shows or I've seen it multiple times, seen the movie, uh, it still brings a smile, still makes me laugh. I mean, some, some of the, as you said, Fozzie's your favorite because multiple reasons he's funny and the character is funny and, and it's a distinct personality to him that, that just makes me giggle. Like the, his humor and how he approaches things and, and when you walk into Muppet Vision 3D, you know you're going to go in and most likely, as you said, with, with your grandkids there or uh, bring my kids, I know we're going to come out, we're going to have enjoyed ourselves. Exactly. And, and it would have been fun. And we'll laugh along. And, and you know, if we have time, we'll go back and do it again. Yeah. And that's not something that I feel with every attraction at, at Disney World. Uh, personally, there are some I'm good to never go on again. I just, I don't enjoy them. Uh, unpopular opinion i can't i really don't enjoy space mountain it's uh well i used to i mean on a you know to transition to space mountain father time has caught up with me with space mountain <laughs> i mean in and, and i mean aerosmith as well i mean when i was younger i mean when we used to go wow aerosmith 
you had to be on it now. I mean, yeah, I, I suffer from migraines and it's like, oh my God, I, I come out of it when I, if I'm there for a week, usually if it's just Joan Owen and I, I won't even ride it. I mean, none of the two of them like to ride it, but Joan's oldest daughter, Lindsay loves to ride it. So we'll all go on it with them or if we're there with the kids and that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a case of, <laughs> You know, it's a case of I know where Father Time is living some days, and it's right in my closet because I can't I can't do quite as much as is what I used to be able to with some of that stuff. And as a result, I'm like you. I, when I'm there, I I just bypass some of it. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing too, where you had mentioned that uh, Muppet Vision is 30 years old. Uh, wow, they haven't really updated it. Other things have been updated. It. Uh, do you? Th- do you think Muppet Vision needs an update? Do you think they need a new show? Or do you think they just need to tweak a few scenes? No, I well, I would like, I mean, personally, I'd like to see a new show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially with some of the scenes that are shot in Hollywood studios. I just would like to see a new show in general. And I mean, I, I'm not real picky on what it is, because no matter what it is, I'm still going to go see it. But for, you know, I mean, for, for people like us and for the majority of people who go to Disney World, they've been there more than once, sometimes more than twice. Sometimes people have been there numerous times. And I just would like to see, I just would like to see something new, just, just so that it's got that kind of new car shine to it. Mm-hmm. And that when you walk in that for the next 10, 15 years, or certainly for the next four or five years after you walk into it, it's still going to be new. And I, I, I have enjoyed the Muppet Vision 3D right now. I'd like to keep it. I mean, look at, I mean, at the time when it came out and it, it you know, 3D, wow. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, you know, unheard of. And I mean, today you buy TVs better than that in, <laughs> in, in, in Best Buy. So I, I would like to see the whole thing just updated. Still love the theater. Uh, I mean, they've done a great job. I, I, I mean, nothing in Disney has run down or dilapidated. I mean, the theater's still in great shape. Mm-hmm. Still like the pre-show. I still like the whole ambiance of the place. I just would like to see a new show. I think after 30 years, it's time. Yeah. I mean, if they can, if they can tweak Carousel Progress, which is absolutely one of my most favorite attractions of all. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mine too, right up there. <laughs> I mean, if they can add some some updates to bring it to make it a little more modern, uh, yeah, I think Muppet Vision 3D, and I I think it would probably benefit from from an update from a new show, even if they kept the queue the same and they shot a new video on the inside, and or they could talk about how the Muppets have realized, oh my goodness, we've been running the same show 30 years in a row, <laughs> we've come yeah, up with exactly. something new, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it could use an update and it could use, use a change. And, and I think also too, it would benefit from if they did have a new show, they could always bring back the classic Muppet Vision 3D and switch it in and out whenever they want. Cause I mean, it's just a show you could record it and play it and you're done. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, I think a new show would be good. I think it'd be good to reintroduce the Muppets to a new crowd. And that's John. I mean, and I think that's what they're, you know, what they want to keep in mind is it's great for older guys like you and I to be able to say to drag your kids and be able to do it. But I mean, you know, my 19-year-old in another 10 years, is, is he gonna want to go see Muppet Vision 3D? That's been the same. Yeah, for uh, 40 he, years. But yeah, it's been the same for 40 years that yeah. you know he didn't, other than listening to his crazy old man tell Fozzie jokes, he's never really paid <laughs> much attention to the Muppets as he was growing up, other than knowing that they were a part of my life. So I yeah. mean, there, there's younger generations coming up that they want to, at least in my opinion, I would think that they want to make sure that they can hook them in to the, to the, to the, get the Muppet love going yeah. a little bit better and be able to keep them going. Well, and that's where my hope is like uh, when they made the announcement that the, the Muppets uh, haunted mansion, I thought, Oh my goodness, I, I've wanted a new Haunted Mansion movie ever since I saw that Eddie Murphy movie because <laughs> it, it was not good. No, uh, it was not good at all. No. <laughs> I mean, it had its moments of, oh, that's cool, but oh, no, not, not very good. I will always remember the day where I saw that movie and what theater I saw it. And oh, yeah. But anyways, um, you know, hearing about how they're going to do a Muppets Haunted Mansion 
and thinking that, oh my goodness, if they're willing to take one of their classic attractions and they're going to marry the Muppets in there, uh, maybe, maybe there is some hope for the future with the Muppets. And I guess that brings me to my final question for you here. Uh, we've talked about Muppet Vision 3D. The idea of getting a new show in would be great. Um, what, let's say you are given the keys to Imagineering and Bob Chapek calls you up and says, Brian, spend as much money as you want. What would you build for the Muppets? You've got all the leeway. You can do whatever you want in the Muppets Courtyard. You can rename Grand Avenue Muppets Courtyard. Uh, they're going to give you the new show because you've suggested, but they've asked you to build something else. What else would you put in there that's Muppet related to turn I would, it into a real mini land? I would build a ride similar to Toy Story Mania, yeah. for, but, for, but for the Muppets. And I mean, I don't think in Hollywood studios there is a more beloved ride or a more sought after fast pass on a regular basis than what Toy Story Mania is. And I mean, when you think about it, all of the games that you do and you go through, it doesn't matter if you're four or if you're 84. <laughs> all you have to be able to do is have the, the 4D glasses on, sit there and pull a string. And I think if you could kind of go through a, not even necessarily a carnival type thing, but if you could set it up where you're basically doing kind of the same same types of games, but only under under different scenarios with the Muppets, I think it, to me that would be that, that that would be a winner. And I would think because it's another family friendly ride, it's one that regardless of of the age of the kids, you can bring them on, and it's and it's basically family fun for the four people that are sitting in the spinning carts as you're going through. So it, it would be something like that bob hasn't phoned me yet so i will draw up the plans a little bit more so that i can have a little more concrete details for him when when imagineering phones but it would be it would be for something like that i i would want to see a ride similar to toy story mania all right i uh in in my thinking and uh, i've been teaching online and i've been doing some uh, uh point of view rides virtual field trips to theme parks and today i took uh, this one class to Canada's Wonderland, and we went on the fly. I don't know if you if you remember that roller coaster. It's been, a, it's been a number of years since I've been to Canada's Wonderland, but I I know the name. Yeah, it's it's got some drops. It's a very moderate coaster. It's nothing serious, uh, but it's got some quick turns and it's got some slight drops. I, I would almost compare it to. I would almost say it's a very smaller version of what Splash Mountain would be without the water. Okay. And in my dream uh, theme park attraction is I would take some sort of water ride, put it into the Muppets, uh, a la Splash Mountain sort of thing. You're down at the swamp with Kermit and, and Piggy and them are all over the place. And, and I would take it to where that like there's some interaction. When I was out at California, I went uh, to Disneyland. I was able to get over to Disney California Adventure and I rode on uh, uh, Radiator Springs Racers and it had the cars there, Lightning McQueen and all of them, and you would go through uh, the ride and you would see them and they would have full mock-ups and they would talk to you and they would interact with you. And then ultimately you get to the big race at the end, which is quite exhilarating. I would build something like that where you're on some sort of wacky Muppet adventure. Uh, it wouldn't have to be a, a thrilling, like a super intense or extreme uh, roller coaster. I would make it a coaster story uh, kind of something like Splash Mountain, where there's a there's a payoff at the end, where there's a big drop or something, right? Yeah, but something all, almost like where you're just jumping into the story of the Muppets, and the Muppets are on some sort of wacky adventure. Hmm. Uh, that would be that would be my thought. And then to top that off, I would have walk around characters. Uh, oh yeah, where... I think that's. I think that that is such a. I mean, every year, do you know how many pictures I got with Fozzie? If there were walk around characters. <laughs> And, and I mean, for a while, they had, and I think it was the first time they took Owen in 2002, they had Kermit and Miss Piggy for a while. Wow. Because I'm pretty sure I've, I'd have to check the, the archives here and check the photo <laughs> albums, but I'm pretty sure I've got pictures with, um, when, of course, Owen was only six months old at the time. I'm sure he remembers everything about the trip. <laughs> um, 
it was with Kermit and Miss Piggy. And I, and I thought at the time, I thought, wow, this is fantastic. And, you know, that it was going to expand. And, and of course, then it just went away, like everything else seems to do yeah. at some point in time. But yeah, it would, uh, the walk around characters over there, I think is, would be a sure firehead as well. Well, I remember uh, prior to Muppet Vision, I think it must've been 1990 when it was announced that uh, uh, the Muppets were coming to Disney and, and Jim Henson was going to sell the Muppets. I remember we were in MGM Studios at the time and they had a walk around version of Piggy and Kermit and they were dressed up like they're in their Sunday best. And they were, it was where the, it was in front of the great movie ride. Okay. And you know, yeah. yeah, right in front of the Chinese theater there, probably where the big sorcerer's hat was. Yes. They had some sort of stage there and there was a bunch of camera crews there. And of course, we were all with dad and dad had the video camera, the one that didn't weigh like 50 pounds on him. And so we were videotaping, he was videotaping this. And I think it's still on the old family videos of like, uh, you hear them say, okay, call for action. It's like, okay, everybody welcome Miss Kermit or uh, Miss Piggy and Kermit. And everyone starts applauding. And then they would cut. And it was almost like they were filming a commercial. And I have probably spent a good 10 years trying to find that piece of media on YouTube. And, and I can't find it. I can't find it anywhere. But uh, I, I remember that and seeing, oh my goodness, Kermit and Piggy are, they're life size and they can walk around and Oh, that would be fantastic. But yes, I would have probably a thousand pictures with Foz and myself. Yeah. He's a great Twitter follower too, if you're looking for corny. Oh, job. yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, Fozzie. Oh, his his joke of the day. Yeah. It, uh, oh, his. Pepe's pretty good. Uh, Gonzo. Gonzo can be really good. And Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. The uh, they They really do rock Twitter quite well. Uh, but yeah, that's all. Oh, yeah. If only we had the power to control Disney Imagineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, we'd be broke. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no, you can't spend $100 million. But I want to. But I want to. <laughs> Do it. Oh, we're going to have to lay off 10,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, they know they're laying off people. So, oh, I mean, yeah. that's. Well, fortunately, they're all coming back. So yes, safe. exactly. So, Hopefully, here uh, another few months, they'll be well. Yeah. I think even sooner than that, they'll be back at full strength, and like COVID never happened. Well, yeah, no, I mean it'll be interesting to see too uh, what they do with fast pass and and dining because there's still no there's no discussion about what's going to happen there or dining plan is going to come back or. From what I've read, I mean, I I booked for February wishing hoping surely to god the board will be open by then but is that an official booking have you actually booked? A, i actually put a deposit down didn't pay oh. more than the deposit but just just in case i can't go and i gotta fight to get my deposit back but um, does, our, does john know does our other brother john know about this <laughs> I, well he knew i was going i can't i can't remember if i've seen him since i just put the deposit down like earlier this week i think oh yeah all fantastic no, yeah, no, he does know because I did tell him actually because I saw him shortly after. But um, it the stuff that I have read, especially now today, as of June, what are we, June third? Uh, yes, is it June? Th- yes, that, it's June third. <laughs> as of today or tomorrow, or tomorrow, there's going to be uh, the Orange County Mayor has done away with all mask mandates, so they expect. I would imagine, if not the weekend, by Monday, Disney is going to be mask-free. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I have heard from, from just from some of the, you know, different websites that you can read, and, you know, there are some that are, in my opinion, way more trusted than others. Like laughingplace.com. The laughingplace.com is one for sure, yes. They expect around July 4th that everything will be probably back to as close to normal as possible. So they think by July 4th, they expect the meal plan to come back. Wow. There's more restaurants opening um, on a weekly basis right now. And I mean, with more hotels opening. So um, one of the ones, Tusker House and Animal Kingdom just opened, I think today or yesterday. Wow. So and some of the character dining, like Chef Mickey's now is offering dinner where before they'd only offered uh, breakfast and, you know, Mickey and, and Minnie and Donald and Pluto and Goofy were all at a, at a socially distant, hmm. which would not be real appeasing for what you have to pay to go there. But oh, good they, Lord, they, no. they expect um, 
I think kind of by the summer, I think you're going to see some of the meal plans uh, being back and the fast passes as well. I'm interested, to be honest with you, when I go in February, if they didn't have the fast pass, I'd be okay with that because you're kind of back to the early bird gets the worm. So if mm -hmm. you can get up and if you can get to the parks early and if you can hustle down there and get in line, then you should be able to ride your, you know, you'd have to pick and choose, but you should be able to ride your favorite rides a couple of times first thing in the morning before it gets real, real busy. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, um, our, our last trip was in 2018. I can't believe it was 2018, but uh, our last day, we got to Magic Kingdom super early and we went right to Fantasyland and we went on four different rides within yeah. 40 minutes because there was no line and it was great. And we didn't have to worry. We had fast passes for later on, but we went to the rides that we wanted to see that you know, we didn't get fast passes for, and we were able to get on within 10, 10, 12 minutes. And there you go. You're, you're good to go. And I, it will be interesting to see, to see what happens with fast pass, because honestly, everything is fast pass. Muppet vision 3d doesn't need to be a fast pass, but it no. is. Yeah. And it just kind of takes away. I mean, personally, I'm a huge, I'm a bigger fan of the paper fast pass where you put your ticket in and you get your fast pass and that's, that's your key to get in. And if you miss out on it, it really hurts and it's not great. Uh, but, oh, well, you know, the option, the option is there instead of trying to get onto the website that you're competing with everyone around the world, as well, opposed maybe. to trying to compete with the people who are at that park at that moment. So, and the thing that's always, as I've told you numerous times, the thing that's always irked me is that they're supposed to, I mean, Dining now, when they told me dining was 180 days out, it's now switched to 60 and fast passes are 60 days out, which I think is a little more realistic because I used to hate having to try and plan where I wanted to have lunch on day oh. one. And then, you know, 50, 60 days later, try and get my fast passes for the same park. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I hate in this case, if I'm going the end of February, I hate in December, you know, right around Christmas time. I'm going to have to figure out where I'm going to be every day in, in the parks. I mm -hmm. like the idea better of, you know, at night you could say, where are we going tomorrow? Well, let's go to magic kingdom. Okay. Magic kingdom opens at seven at eight or whatever time it does. So we need to be up. We need to be on the bus and we need to be over there for 30 minutes before it opens, get in there, pick your rides, get the fast passes, jump in line, ride them once if not twice, depending upon what ones you chose. And then you could still have the third ride added in the afternoon with your fast pass. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's where that, that managed vacation as opposed to the flexibility. And, and as you said, 180 days out, you got to pick where you're going to have your breakfast, lunch and, and dinner. And then 60 days out. Oh, now you can choose your fast pass. Oh, I can't get any of the fast passes in the place that I've booked on, on this day. And now I've got to try and cancel my booking for my dining and hope I can get one at the park that I want to go to. And the chances of that are slim to nil. And so you end up having to, to brush all over the place and it takes away some of that joy. Uh, well, it's, it's, it, planning a Disney vacation is not for the faint of heart, as you know. Oh God. Uh, and, and I mean, people that have, you know, I mean, I've been there a lot. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, <laughs> People that have never gone before and now in today's world, I mean, like when the lady, when I was talking to her, when I was booking my reservation, she said, oh, first of all, they don't give the magic bands anymore. I know they never gave magic bands anyway. You always paid for them, but yeah. you, didn't, you didn't pay any more out of pocket. But they said any of your old ones can work. And oh, you don't even need that because everything is on your phone. And I'm like, well, half the reason why I want to go on vacation is to get away from my phone. Mm -hmm. And then when we instituted the, the, my Disney experience, I had to have a phone and then I had to have a newer phone in order for the program to work. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know it's wishful thinking. I'd love to see the paper fast passes back too, but I unfortunately don't think no. those are coming back anytime soon. Unfortunately, I would like it to go back to the way it was 15 years ago, to be honest with you. <laughs> but it's uh, it's, I mean, I, 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 I feel sorry for and I've helped a couple of people that you know over the last couple of years or pre-COVID that were going for the first time and hadn't been either in 15 or 20 years and they've come back and they're like oh my god we'd have been lost there's yeah. no way we got down there and knew what the heck to do 
Well, and I always marvel at uh, the people. Oh, well, we're going there for a day. <laughs> well, better. I mean, what? that to me is almost worse because oh. to oh. say you've got to have your ducks in a row. But I mean, again, I think a lot of the people that are going there for the day don't. I don't think they know quite what they're getting into. No. I mean, it would probably be like that for me if I was going to Universal. I mean, I know Universal is um, is a different breed on its own. Mm -hmm. Two parks, not four. I wouldn't have a clue as to what I need to plan for yeah. Universal compared oh, to Disney. Same here. Same here. Yeah. No, that's that's for sure, Brian. That is for sure. But you know what? I think I'm going to wrap our, our discussion up here. It's been a, an awful lot of fun. Thank you very much for coming on, uh, sharing your your experience and also sharing sharing your thoughts here. It's been great to kind of reminisce and in fact, as you were talking there, uh, you know, some of the things coming to my mind about past trips and I remember you got, I think it was a, it was a Fozzie Bear t-shirt and uh, it's, it was a plain white t-shirt, but it had a big square picture of Fozzie on the front. Yes. And this must've been. How do you say that? Because I, I, I was thinking, what the, again, you're the one that's got the better memory. I can't remember what I did last week, but I, I do remember now that you say that it was a white t-shirt with, and it was a picture. It was just Fozzie's head in a yeah. square. It was like a mugshot or something, but yes. uh, but he was smiling and it was in color. And I thought, oh, I wanted to get one too. You're like, no, I don't want you to wear the same shirt as me. So I got the Gonzo one, yeah. and and I still have the Gonzo one. But Laura has told me I'm not allowed to wear that in public. Well, your wife is a very smart woman, <laughs> so make sure you listen to her. Uh, it's currently cottage. It's not good to wear that anymore. <laughs> it's currently in storage in a bin. So I'm. I, uh, I won't be bringing that out. That and the, uh, the old yellow sweater or sweatshirts from uh, Fort Wilderness with, with Davy Crockett Mickey on there. Yeah, no, it's uh, there. Yeah, but that logo, I love that logo from Fort yeah. Wilderness. I mean, oh, that, yeah. they need to, uh, I mean, I mean, that's a whole other subject, but, and they're starting to, but the hotels themselves need to really step up their merchandise game. The, yeah. The merchandise game, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you pay big, no matter where you stay, if you're staying on Disney property, you pay big bucks. Yeah. Each hotel should have an assortment of clothing geared to that specific hotel, in my opinion. And I mean, Absolutely. I'm a, I mean, you are too. I mean, I, I know that you're, I'm a sucker. I'd buy it all, <laughs> but it, it needs to be there. And I hate the fact that when I buy a t-shirt that it says Disney parks, and I know that the same thing is being made for California. If I yeah. want, you know, I'll get a shirt from California. I want to go to California. I don't want a shirt from Florida in California. <laughs> Brian, we agree on so much. We agree on so much. I absolutely agree. I, I think every hotel needs to have a line of merchandise. I know I would buy it and I know you would buy it. And I know there's probably tens of thousands of other people who would buy it too. And it is getting better. It's, it's yeah. getting better in the last year, like contemporary uh, I think even Pop Century now has some stuff, Boardwalk, different things like that. It, it's getting better, but it's still not to where it should be. It should be in my Or opinion. it could be, yeah. Or it could be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, this has been a fantastic discussion. Brian, thank you very much for uh, running home. down the memory lane here of Muppet Vision 3D as it celebrates its 30 years. Uh, I will also say this to anyone listening, you can keep up to date on all Disney parks and all Disney company activities at laughingplace.com. Uh, everything is covered from the opening of Avengers Campus to the latest releases and books, uh, television. Uh, you can even check out my reviews of ABC's Rebel and uh, the episode recaps. And I will have a review for the upcoming Disney Plus show, the Mysterious Benedict Society uh, coming up at the end of June. I had the chance to read the book beforehand and saw a couple of the dance screeners and the show is, is quite, it's a lot more relevant to today's political world than what I thought and quite enjoyable. But for all your Disney news, check it out at laughingplace.com. And thanks again, Brian, for coming out and appreciate thanks, you sharing, uh, sharing your memories and sharing your thoughts on things. Take care for now, everybody. Bye. Next, uh, before I cut off, our, our next episode, we'll have uh, Mike Celestino will be back with me and we'll be discussing uh, the Muppet movie, uh, the Muppets first feature film uh, when it hit the theaters and our, our own thoughts on on that movie so many years after. So I didn't get hired. I'm done now after one.
Well, uh, we, hey, <laughs> we might just have you back for another one. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. Bye. you say. I thought it was dumb. Maybe you're right. <laughs>